1: Okay, she's living in LA with a guy named Ray. Say no more. Sure, I can find that number. This week on the Story Song Podcast.
2: Everybody, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oakes, and I'm Michael Gazelle. Every episode, we walk you through the wonderful world of a story song. And this week, we are concluding <laughs> our our trilogy of songs that I like to call "I'm Sorry, but the Operator Has Better Things to Do." Uh, <laughs> these are these are songs where uh, the, the 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 protagonist uh, has got a lot of things to say to the operator. Yes. On the phone, um, you guys. And, uh, Gladys is back.
3: <laughs> Gladys is definitely She's back.
2: back. Uh, and this time it's operator. Open parentheses. That's not the way to feel. It's close parentheses. <laughs> uh, by Mr. Jim Croce, back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was. He was showed up in our first run. Michael, you're our historian. Is this? Is this our first? No, we did share twice. I remember that. Yep. Um. So rarely do, but but I, it, we'll have to decide how to count this one though because two episodes mm. but three songs. Yeah. True. Last time we did Jim Croce, we did a double
4: a double bill of yeah uh,
1: about his big bad guys.
4: <laughs> about yeah. his big
2: bad guys <laughs> who were brought low.
4: They were uh big bad guy songs. Um Yeah.
2: So it, it, so third we song. We had a, we had
4: a Jim Croce matinee and a Jim Croce evening.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um but all right, so uh Rachel Mhm. Why don't you quick tell us tell us? Wait, let me try that sentence again because sure. I p- put the words out of order. Rachel, why don't you quickly tell us the story of the story song?
1: Sure. Uh, so uh, Jim Croce is a man who's trying to work up the courage to call his ex and her new lover, who's also mm-hmm. his old best friend, no. and he speaks to the operator for far too long about it, <laughs> and then he does not get the courage. Get up the courage to call his ex and her new lover, uh, who is mm. also his old best friend.
2: Yes. So yeah, I mean he he's definitely pouring his heart out. Yes. Because it's not a transactional. He's not like okay, so this is the address, so this is the no, number. He, he's he, really given he, given the the operator a lot of details. He has very uh, little
1: information about that, <laughs> but much information about how he feels.
2: Exactly. He's. Well, otherwise he wouldn't call the operator. Right.
1: Right. I, Listen, we'll get into it, but I still don't understand how operators really worked.
2: I yeah, we'll def- we could definitely talk about that. I just want to say, and this is not an insult to Jim Croce or the, or the uh, protagonist of this song uh, But the way he is uh, Trying to get the information Reminds me a lot of When I asked my three-year-old son How was school today And there's a lot of Winding <laughs> through Very specific details That are not related To any other part of the story <laughs> That he's telling So it's sort of a It's sort of a three-year-old Telling a story feeling Yes That's winding <laughs> through this song Let's just say that
0: burrito, or could you help me Place this call? See the number on the matchbook is old and faded Living in L.A. with my best old ex-friend Ray Gosh, she said a knew well and sometimes hated
2: there's some really nice uh, acoustic guitar oh, yeah. happening yeah. Uh, here and i love a good you can hear the finger sliding i mean i'm a simple man like <laughs> it, it it gets me every time where i'm like someone's actually playing that yeah. like they're playing the guitar you can hear their fingers sliding on the strings I love it.
1: We'll get into it um, in in the in the backstory, but I, I i'm a huge I'm a huge Jim Croce fan, and i think he, i think he's phenomenal. And yeah, that the beginnings of his songs that most almost all of them start with some sort of guitar part. They're yeah. always just pull you right in, and you're like, I don't know where this is going, but I'm already just I'm already there. Well, he also I'm along like, for the ride, Jim. <laughs> I mean, he
2: also. Um... Again, we're going to talk about it in the back in the back uh, in the back half of the show. But uh, I imagine if he had lived, I would not have been surprised if maybe he had like later in his career done some acting because he Mm -hmm. just the way he uh, is is putting these lyrics out there. Yes. you You immediately get it. You like from the first line. You're like, oh, this guy—he's seen some stuff. You can just tell from the way he's saying it.
1: Hold on to that, Daniel. Okay, all right. Maybe there's something.
2: Maybe something I don't know. All right. Yeah. So, uh, the first line is, "Operator, well, could you help me place this call? See, the number on the matchbook is old and faded. Um, We can stop there because I want to ask you guys a question. Mm -hmm. Um, I've heard. uh, I should say I I love this song. Uh, my parents were, were Jim Grouch, uh, Jim Croce people. Uh, I'd hear it a million times when I was a kid. I've heard it a million times more cause I, 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 I agree with them. Um, there were many songs my parents played around the house that I did not like, uh, <laughs> and, and do not listen to to this day. Uh, but this is not one of them. I love Jim Croce. Um, a question I've always had is the number on the matchbook is old and faded. Is this a number that he wrote on a matchbook? or is this a number that is printed on a matchbook?
1: I don't know. Do they live okay. <laughs> above a bar? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. No. Yeah. It sounds
4: it sounds like it's something that he wrote down. Right. So do you think was maybe this-
1: as she was leaving, he she was like, "Listen, I'm living I'm leaving with Ray uh but here, here's my here's my number in case you need to reach us and sob and find out how good we're doing." Right. Do you think it's that, so- Michael?
4: I don't know how he got the number. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's a big question about the song, but I think that's where it comes from. I think, he, I think he wrote it down on a matchbook, which is weird.
1: But well, it's, it's not weird. weird. Yeah. Because the 60s and, in the 60s and 70s, the matchbooks were basically like the contact lists of, of that time. A- right. Every movie, there's somebody who has a number written on the, fr- on the inside of a matchbook. I that's guess because true. they were just always around and everybody was always in bars and restaurants. But basically, well, everybody I mean, was
4: always smoking.
1: Whenever people were So they like, just hey. had,
4: there were an abundance of matches.
1: Yeah, it's the, it's the 60s and 70s version of somebody saying, text me your number.
4: That's what I was going to say.
2: Because now you can say, I'll give you my number, you text me, and then yeah. I'll have your number. Back then, you had to literally write it on a little piece of paper. <laughs> and if you lost that piece of paper, you would lost the, like, I was in. It. it was just gone. That's the thing that's, like, insane to think about. Like, it really does feel like the dark ages because it's like, I have this phone on a piece of paper. I lost that piece of paper. There's no way to ever discover, like, where (laughs) this person is. Like, what? Like, it's just insane. And, I mean, I understand. We're going to talk about it. But, like, the operator is the human embodiment of Google, right? Because you needed someone to physically look stuff up for you because you didn't have a computer algorithm to do it. But there's still, like, if you didn't have a starting place, you were that was it. (laughs) It was just like... You were disconnected. There is uh, a song.
1: Listen, there's an '80s song called "Billy, Don't You Lose That Number." Yeah, it's like basically about that.
2: And that's the thing, like Joe Collins. Yep, that's right. Um, it's a good song, right? Yeah, because uh, you, because you like your your whole life, like if you lost that number, mm-hmm. right? Um, or I say, let's say you you call it and you go out with that person and then you fall in love and you get married and you have a family and that's your whole life. If you lose that number, <laughs> you can't call them. <laughs> and that's it, baby. That's <laughs> like, you'll it. never you have no way of finding them. You'll no. never see them again. <laughs> like no. so that's the thing. You can't you can't stalk Phil Collins on Instagram and figure out where he is so you can give him a call. No, it's gone. He's gone. That's yeah. it. You'll never see him again. That's it. So um okay. So I pray you can help with this call. See the number on the matchbook is old and faded. Um
4: but and living, be- before we um, go on with that, there, there's the the idea of the matchbook, like a faded number on a matchbook. He's had it for a long time. Like he wasn't writing it time. in pencil. There's right. There's such a scene set mm-hmm. with him looking at an old, probably crumpled up matchbook. It probably doesn't have any matches in it. Right. No. It's yeah, probably just, just a piece of to, cardboard. Yeah. He's just and holding
1: on to the matchbook.
4: Yeah, there's there's something so visual about those two lines, right? Um. Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, and I guess I guess the question too is like, is it really faded, or is he just trying to like get the courage up, right, to do this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it I guess could be be that. I guess it's possible. Like, one of the numbers is just smudged or whatever. Maybe it's faded because imagine... he
1: cried on it,
2: right? Or he's you know he's picked it up like you know twenty times to make this phone call. And he he's uh you know he's fine now he's doing it again, right, and he's, and he's or like he just he
4: has like, the number, hey, and he's just needs to run this by someone to be like, "Do you think this is a good idea? Should I call?
2: <laughs> right, <Yeah. laughs> well, I think so. well, here's the other thing, and're and we're, and we're going to get to this. What's great is I, he's you know, like he's not calling to get back together with her as as we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. He's calling for a specific reason That's not the normal reason why this would be happening. This yeah. isn't. He, this isn't Tom Frost calling Martha. Right. But, but let's, <laughs> right. Let's, put, let's put a pin on that in, in that for one second. You, uh, no, I just want to say. Yeah, go um,
1: ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go
2: ahead. no you go ahead.
1: No, you. No, you. No, I refuse. <laughs> at this point, now I refuse. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say. I was going
4: to say. That- um, that-
1: <laughs> do you think that Gladys, the operator, when he says the number on the matchbook is old and faded, do you think that she says, I don't know how many people I have to say this to a day? Matchbooks. Get yourself an address book. Matchbooks do not hold up. That's not the purpose of a matchbook. (laughs) You're my fourth call today saying that you have a faded matchbook that you need a number off of. Right. Well, because,
2: again, the problem is that you're not going to carry around your address book with you. Right. Everywhere you go. So somehow, some way, he got the number, and we can talk in a little bit, maybe how he got this number. But somehow, some way, he got this number. He wrote it down on a matchbook, and you always tell yourself you're gonna move it to the address book. Oh,
4: sure, right? But <laughs> you never do. <laughs> you never do. I mean, no, like the put, other thing you that's... put the matchbook into the address book, right? Or you could tape oh, it in yeah. there. Yeah. Sure. Oh my
1: god! I think everybody <laughs> growing up, there, <laughs> my mother, I know, had it her address book. Yeah, uh, it was like a peach color because it was. The early '90s is a peach sure. color uh, with a stripe on it, and she had like half of the numbers were in the actual address book, and then the rest was just random papers and pieces of right. cardboard shoved into a book that made right. no sense. Just, just it, it just take one evening while you're watching like a, a, a movie on Channel Eleven and sure. just write all that stuff in.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. A of, couple
4: of uh, loose business cards.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: you're, watching a, you're watching a rerun of Dallas and you, because you always <laughs> tell yourself, I'm going to take some evening and I'll go through it. I'll get everything organized and you never do. You never do it. Half, That's the thing. Yeah, or the
1: half-assed approach is just, you take whatever that piece of paper is and you just staple it to one of those note, so- note things at the end. You just right, staple yeah, it. Exactly. You're like, well, I'm not gonna put it in, but I'll staple <laughs> well, it. No, I'll never
2: use no. it. Oh, I'll staple. Don't worry about that. <laughs> and time... staple there in Dallas. I'm every... just not writing anything down.
4: <laughs> every time you go to, to make a phone call and you have to use the address book, you just you as yeah. soon as you open it, like, I gotta organize this thing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> one day,
4: one day. Um, you know, I'm Man. gonna take a couple hours. I'm I'm gonna organize this book.
1: Can I say right. this though? In fairness, yeah. I I still do that in a way because I can't tell you how many repeat contacts i have in my phone where it's Mm -hmm. like i try to look up like my my you know my aunt's number and it's like why are there like eight contacts for my (laughs) one aunt she does she doesn't have even multiple lines it's just that Mm -hmm. you know every time she contacts me apparently it goes you know somewhere else one's for her email address one's for this number One just says her name and there's no other information. Like, iPhone, come on. It just
2: says, it just says call operator. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know yeah. how it works anymore. One just iPhone, says, one on. just says
1: uh, look, at, look for your matchbook. I, imagine, <laughs> I don't smoke. <laughs> Nobody hands out matchbooks anymore. iPhone, what are you saying?
2: Oh. Oh, man, Siri, find make me make the nearest matchbook. Um, If I can jump back real quick, Rachel, just for any young listeners who uh, you might be listening and don't know that obviously President Bill Clinton – um did an executive order uh around that time uh when everything had to be either peach or teal. Yeah, uh, those are the only colors that <laughs> were allowed right. in America. That's so right. that that was later repealed. Yep. Um it was it went to the Supreme Court, it was a whole thing. Yeah. But it was uh, the people yeah, no, for people versus
4: <laughs> It was the um the I believe it was the Golden Girl Ordinance. <laughs>
2: I, do, I, just, I, love every, I love every like six to ten years, everyone's just like, we just discovered a new color. You're not going to believe it. This color's the best. We're going to use it for everything for the next two years until we're sick of it. Um, Have you
4: guys seen teal?
2: <laughs> so see the number on the matchbook is old and faded. She's living in L.A. with my best old ex-friend Ray, a guy she said she knew well and sometimes hated. Okay. Oof. I have my I have my
1: second Oof. question. Okay.
4: First of all, Related... This is one of the best lines in the history of music.
1: Okay. Let's just say it's that.
4: Great. Start with that. It's great. You, you know
2: so much. But a, a, a question I've always had, along with is the number printed or he wrote it on the matchbook? Did he live in LA and move away, or did or were they somewhere and they moved? Uh, uh, the the ex girlfriend and Ray moved to LA. Or did all three of them live in L.A. and Jim Croce has moved away from L.A.?
1: So for some reason, I always thought that he lived somewhere else. They all knew each other in this different place. Let's call mm-hmm. it Philadelphia, just because sure. that's where he's from. Uh, I mean, if you want
2: to make up a crazy name of a say, town that doesn't exist, know, sure. Let's just say Philadelphia. Some random
1: place like <laughs> Philadelphia. Uh, sure. And they moved to L.A. Like Maybe Ray moved to L.A. first and then she mm. moved to L.A. to be with Ray. Okay. Maybe.
2: But The only reason why I say was, and it, this doesn't mean anything, but I would, I would think that it would be something like she moved to L.A. But him saying she's living in L.A. makes it sound like she's continuing to live in L.A. where I also used to live. <laughs> that's the only reason why I would think that that he had moved, that, that mm. Jim Croce had moved away, but I don't know. It just, that's the only thing that was that I always was had
4: the impression that um, that she moved there with Ray, right, right. that yeah, yeah. like she's living in l a now, like, I feel like mm. that's the now is missing.
1: Yeah, right. It's as, as yeah, opposed yeah. to Josie, who's just on a vacation far away.
4: <laughs> right, <laughs> sure.
1: This is she's living in l a.
4: Yeah.
1: um the best old ex-friend Ray.
4: Yeah, so good.
1: I still can't wrap my head around exactly how that should be written, but it's really great. <laughs> <laughs> it my is best the... old ex friend. So it's his old f- ex it... friend. His friend hits his best friend.
5: It it should his ex- be
1: his ex best friend Ray.
5: Right. It it
2: works. Don't get me wrong. It works in the song. Yeah. But I'm saying in if you want to be technical, I think it should be my old
4: ex best friend Ray.
3: Yes. Right? that's right. that's
2: what it should be yeah if, like, i mean but i like, love he that is in,
4: like to an english teacher <laughs> they'd be like this this doesn't make sense what are you doing in a song it's brilliant <laughs> it's oh
1: brilliant. it's great oh i'm not saying you know that.
4: what would fit right there what my former best friend ray <laughs> would fit perfectly but it it Sorry. doesn't have that impact because no. the no. fact that it's like it's completely out of order it doesn't really make sense it just stands out in this song, and it's every emotion that he's having about this in his attempt to describe his relationship to Ray.
1: Granted, Michael, right. but I gotta, I gotta use this red pen, and I gotta <laughs> find places to mark off. No, Mr. I Croce, please say, see me after class. I think, I think these are the perfect. This is the perfect way to say oh, it's it. Great, but in my mind, yeah. I'm like best old ex ex friend Ray. I can't. Trying to yeah. wrap my head around it. I get it, right? But my head is is like does not compute.
2: Well, uh, I think I I like that. I think it's sort of showing his sort of discombobulated, yeah, headspace, right? I, and then also the other thing I like just now. I just I, I don't know if this is true at all, but it almost it's almost like he's trying to throw in as many adjectives as he can to try to delay saying the word Ray.
1: Oh yeah, mm, maybe yeah. right
2: because he's just just thinking about it hurts so much. Yeah. It's almost like he he has to, like, ramp up to it.
1: I mean, listen, that final line of this verse where she, it's not a guy she said she sometimes hated. It's a guy she said she knew well. So she knew everything about him, but she hated him. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, she met him once and she hated him and they, they got together. Like, they had clearly all known each other for a long time, spent a lot of time together and now she's with ray who she always said that she didn't like and she she
4: Oh, uh, that guy's coming. He's yeah, oh, going to be ray there. Ray
1: is coming. Ugh.
4: Right, and
2: this is and th- I mean to state the obvious, this is a double betrayal, right? Right. It's oh, yeah. one thing if she leaves him for some other guy. But he not only does he not have his girlfriend, he doesn't have his best friend anymore. They both yeah. stabbed him in the back.
4: And <laughs> the- um the brilliance of my best old ex-friend Ray is The line, not Ray himself. The he, the fact that he throws in old. He's not his best friend that he's known for six months. Right. It's this. There is a history there. They're old friends. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And he's almost reminding himself, like when he says ex friend, he's like ex ex. He's my ex friend. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Really.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, what uh, that I was going to say was. The other thing that's nice about the number being old and faded on the matchbook is just it's been a while. Sure. Right? This didn't happen six months ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Who knows how long it's been. If it's been long enough that the number can fade on the matchbook, right? Yeah. Then it's it's, you know, it's been years and he's still he's still not over it.
4: The other thing that I think that I love about these two lines is everything you need to know about Ray is in these two lines. Yeah he's he's a good guy Ray is a good guy mm-hmm. but you gotta watch out for Ray 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 only cares about <laughs> one person
1: <laughs> yeah right and that's Ray but like, I wonder yeah
4: like he's Ray was a lot of fun in high school right but he might steal your wife like he's he's a good friend mm-hmm But, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, he'll show up to your birthday do, party, but he's not going to help you move. You know?
1: Do, do you think? Yeah. Do you think that this last line? Do you think it's a um, matter of the lady doth protest too much? Me thinks the lady doth protest too much. Do you think he's like <sighs> talking about Ray, and uh, when they're together, that she, he was talking about Ray, and she's like, "Oh, that guy can't stand him. Ah, oh, he's the worst." But in her head. She's like, oh my man, I love him so yeah,
2: <laughs> never know. Uh- <laughs> I mean, maybe, yeah. She tried to throw him off. Right. Maybe. Or like, I think
4: the things that annoyed her about Ray, she started to find endearing.
1: Mm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, I was just gonna say,
2: just more from like Jim's point of view of just being like, I mean, she said she hated the guy. Yeah. Like I know. How this, is this like, happening? It just, ha- it's just even more of a shock. Right. And he's like, she, she didn't even like him. And now, like, I don't understand what happened.
4: <laughs> like, well, it's also, I think it also makes him blame himself because he was, if they're old best friends, he's clearly the one who's bringing him around. and sure.
2: Right, right. To yeah.
4: her protest, to her being like, right, oh, this, is- this guy, again, you know how much I hate him. And then little by little, they start falling for each other. Right and the guy that he brought around that she didn't want around has fallen in love with her. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean it's his
2: fault. Right? Or at least he's thinking mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um that he he, you know, it was his friend that he brought into this and that's and and you know. Again, it's yeah. and and it's not the so that's the other thing, it's not just some random guy. Like and it's and it's so it's the double betrayal and also the like you know, is this my fault as well? Like, right. because when she was like, "I hate Ray," I should have been like, "Oh, I'm not going to hang out with Ray anymore." But <laughs> I kept hanging <laughs> out with Ray, and look what happened. So, and I
1: figure at this point, Gladys, our operator, is saying. Okay, so you've given me four lines of information right. that I cannot well, use yes, at all.
2: Yes. Thank, you. <laughs> so, Thank you. So that's what I wanted to say. Any,
1: only the third line
2: is even remotely helpful yeah. in this. Yeah. So
1: She's saying so, LA is a well, big country, a big, this call. a big city.
2: Right. There's
1: a lot can of raise. Can Here,
2: here's, here's something he has not given her, okay? Well, he says they live in LA, and she's living with a guy named Bray. Here's something he has not given her. A name? You know, like, <laughs> He's not said her name. <laughs> so it's going to be a little hard to look yeah. look her up without having a name she to, says, to go. She says, do you know?
1: Uh, okay, can I have Ray's last name? And Jim goes, right. you know what's funny? <laughs> I've known him for so long, I never thought to ask his last name. Can you yeah. just go with Ray and L.A.? Just go with Ray. How long would that take?
2: Go with uh, Ray uh, uh, Homewrecker, <laughs> uh, care of Los Angeles County. Is, this, is any Does of this work? helping? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And again, I'm sure the operator is trying to be sympathetic, but it's just got to be thinking like, this. none of this is helping me. I, I don't know how to, I can't type in your ex-girlfriend who lives with Ray somewhere oh. in LA. I need to know. Mm. I need to know specific details in order to look this number
1: I'm up. on break in five minutes, so I need to know whether this is the album cut, album edit, or the radio edit, because times right. are ticking.
2: We gotta go here. So.
4: Look, literally um, all I could do is move this wire from this part of the wall to that part of the wall, and you're not giving me any information to help me know which part of the wall I need to put this wire into. Uh, all I've got is a possible area code. Um, so
2: then I like here, it's there, it's uh, the chorus begins and he says, but isn't that the way they say it goes? Right. So it's not, they say, isn't that the way it goes? It's like, it's broken up in the middle there, which is really nice, but isn't that the way they say it goes? Well, let's forget all that. I love that. He's like, Mm. he's getting wistful. (laughs) Like (laughs) he realizes he's giving, he's giving too much information. Uh, unrelated information to the operator he's, he's, he's starting because he's like he's thinking about her he's thinking about Ray and he knows he gets crazy so he's like let's forget all that let's, I'm yeah. sorry let's forget all that and give me the number if you can find it now here's what I love so I can call just to show them uh, just to tell them I'm fine and to show I've overcome the blow I've learned to take it well Right. Let's start there. Mm. I love that he's not calling to get back with her, right? Or to like beg her to take him back, right? He's calling to show them I'm fine. Yeah, guys, look, I'm fine.
1: It's good. It's like, going to be good. It's going to be good. It, everything's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I just,
2: I. It's important to me mm-hmm. that you know that this didn't upset me. That I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> like he that's says, Gladys, why he's calling. Gladys,
1: can we role play real quick? You're gonna play. <laughs> My ex, I'm going to play myself and just ask how I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm fine. I've been fine. See, fine. I got okay. this. I got this. It's fine. It's fine. He's going to be great.
4: sobbing as the phone rings. And then as soon as they pick up, he's like, hey, guys, right. how are you? I'm great.
1: One of those deep <laughs> breaths. I'm good. How yeah. are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I got, you got this, Jim. You got it.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, is there any
2: way, Gladys, is there any way that you can call her? And then when she answers the phone, I pretend like I forgot her name. Is that possible <laughs> that, I, that I can be like, I'm sorry. And you are like, <laughs> you'd be like, well, you called, you called me. me. Oh, did I? Oh, oh I didn't I just oh, I didn't found realize. this number on a
1: matchbook and I was <laughs> updating I just, my address book. So right. I just wanted to know who it was.
2: Yeah. I was just watching Dallas and I was updating my address <laughs> book and I thought, let me just call this number and just see who it is. Cause I forgot. I don't even remember who this is.
4: I just, I just anymore. got a, uh, <laughs> just like new Rolodex who this? um, yeah. <laughs>
1: Gladys, Gladys, when I get on, can you stay on the line and pre- pretend you're her best old ex-friend, Rachel? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, pretend we're living together in Philadelphia. Yeah. Does that overstep some sort of line, Gladys? Let me know. <laughs> but it would help no, me out. Yeah, am...
4: yeah, yeah.
2: No, every operator is given extensive improv training for just this <laughs> yeah. exact... For just this exact
4: moment.
1: Yep, yes and
4: She turns around uh, to the other operator. She's like, I'm going to need a location.
2: <laughs> An occupation. Uh, if I can, can hear get your you...
1: space work. I can hear your space right. work, and it's perfect, <laughs> Gladys.
2: We're not even on the phone. I'm, I'm holding a fake receiver to my ear right now. That's
4: Gladys, use is. the space. Use the space, Gladys.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, um, all right, now let's do a group game. Um, so... <laughs>
1: So I will say this. Well, I'll say this. Even the way that this is written, it's he starts real strong. Give me the number if you can find it, so I can call just to tell him I'm fine and to show.
2: Yeah.
1: Overcome the blow. Yep. I've learned to take it well, and it just it goes downhill from there. Um, It just goes downhill from there. But it's like he's trying to psych himself up, and then loses momentum as it goes, as he realizes how he actually feels.
2: Right. So from we have four lines from let's forget all that to I only wish my words could just convince myself that it just wasn't real. But that's not the way it feels. Mm. Right. And he's still no matter how many years it's been, the wound is still fresh. Yes. Yeah. You can't. You can't get over it. And yeah.
4: just how how wordy this chorus is and how um how he goes from emotion to emotion to emotion. So quickly, it's almost like he's rambling this to the operator. Sure. Um, that that she, she's on this journey with him. Yeah. So I, I have a question. When he says, I only wish my words could just convince myself, which, by the way, is also brilliant. He's very good. Um, very good. That it just wasn't real. Mm. What is he trying to convince himself wasn't real?
1: I think that she left him with Ray.
4: The experience itself.
1: The experience yeah. itself. Yeah. I think it's just that the experience, that this just, that it just wasn't real, that it didn't happen. Like maybe she's going to, maybe he's going to call them up and she's going to say, What are you talking about? I'm not living with a, Ray. I'm uh, only right. on vacation. <laughs> I'll be back yeah. next week.
4: These last four years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or could it be that the relationship wasn't real? That mm-hmm. his love for her wasn't real? Something to to be. to kind of take away the 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 pain of it.
2: Right. I mean I think I it's all those mean. things. I see yeah, yeah. I, I,
3: yeah.
2: Go ahead. Amy. Well I was gonna say, yeah, I, I think because again, I think it, it goes back to the I'm just calling to show them I'm fine. Like because if, if if he's thinking, like, I guess it wasn't real to her. Right. Right. But because she left me for, for Ray. Um, but I still can't get over. I still love her even after yeah. all yeah. this, you know. And so I, I, I think because I, I do love there is sort of a funny, like, macho thing of him being like, I just want to call and let them know they didn't beat me. Like, right. I'm I'm fine. I am yeah. Jim Croce and I'm, right. I'm Jim Crow. <laughs> Like don't worry about me. <laughs> right. You know. And so, yeah, I think that's I think that's it where he just he's he's just like wishing that, you know, or 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 trying to convince himself that oh, I didn't really love her anyway. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. But it does he, he knows that that's not true. That's not the way it feels.
0: Burrito, but could you help me place this call?
2: Presumably, he has given the operator some more information. Sure. Uh, because she has found the number, <laughs> unless she's <laughs> just like, I don't know. Y- 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 here's some guy named Ray in L.A. You call this number.
1: This is a Ray's Pizza I, in L.A. I got other stuff to <laughs> Go do. for it.
2: Absolutely. Uh, this is a Ray Ban store. You call them <laughs> and you ask them. Um, but he says, uh, "Operator, well, could you help me place this call?" Because I can't read the number, I can't read the number that you just gave me. There's something in my eyes. Here's another great detail. You know what happens every time? I think about the love that I thought would save me. So this is not his first attempt oh, sh- to make this phone call. Yeah, right? yeah. This happens every time. Um, and obviously, there's not something in his eyes. I mean, he might be crying, but he just cannot bring himself to dial the number so he's asking the operator. oh I think he's definitely crying
1: I think he's crying
2: no no I know that but I'm saying but I'm saying like I think he can see the number (laughs) even through the tears yeah yeah. he's just he physically can't force himself to dial the phone so he's hoping maybe if the operator does that he can go through yeah that
1: he can muster up the yeah that he can muster up the courage um you're right I I wonder if Gladys has spoken to him before
2: oh Uh, oh yeah maybe Maybe she knows. She says she's got she's got a sticky note with this number on it. She's like, I've been through this before. Maybe that's why she doesn't need it. She's like, Oh, the Ray guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like three. She's like three uh, cubicles down. Are oh, you talking to that guy? Yeah. Here's the number. Here's the number you need. Yeah. This he guy ca- calls every week. Yeah. He
1: calls up the next week. He says, "You gave me this number. I called it up. It wasn't a guy named Ray. It was a it was a, a therapist." And she says, "Yes, yeah. I know, Jim.
3: <laughs> no, we
2: know because I am not a
1: therapist. I'm an operator." Yeah, I can't yeah. I can't tell yeah. you how many people I have to say this to in a day.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm an operator in the story song universe. This is all I do all day. <laughs>
1: I'm not a therapist. Do I have a social worker's degree? Sure. But that's different. <laughs>
2: sure. Sylvia,
4: Absolutely. I'm going to put you on hold. I've got Jim Croce calling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to reschedule for uh, 1130. Thank you so much. Our time is up. Oh, um, see you at the wedding. Yeah. Tom Frost, I'm afraid
2: I'm afraid our time
3: is up. <laughs>
1: um, uh, leave the dime; that's my payment. Um, and the, and it's it. You're right. The I think it's important to not, to establish that the, that some time has passed. You know that this is not a fresh ru- wound because of him talking about this last line. I think about the love that I thought would save me. So he is still. In the place where he can't, he's not able to dig himself out from the heartbreak of this, uh, of the loss of this love.
4: Well, it's also that last line is connected to the line before where he says, There's something in my eyes, it happens every time I think about the love I thought would save me. So he's constantly thinking about it, and every time he does, he cries.
1: Yeah. And every time I listen to Jim Croce, i cry. So, <laughs> guess what?
4: <laughs> I wonder if the operator also has Ray's number, like on a post-it. Um, not just for Jim Croce calling all the time, like for all of the phone calls that she gets. Where, like, Ray's stolen a lot of a lot of wives.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Or maybe she maybe Ray has stolen her heart too, and she calls Ray up to to warn him. <laughs> be like, listen, it's about oh, 12.30 on Thursday, so Jim's going to be here any minute. Woof.
4: Hey, Ray, just this, wanted to see this, how it's going. It's Gladys.
2: Oh, this, this Ray is a real villain. We're really <laughs> turning <laughs> him into he's He's ruining Jim's whole life. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. I
1: but, think he's already ruined Jim's whole life. Well,
4: I know, but, you know. Gladys placed a bunch of calls uh, for Ray, and yeah. she hated him at first.
1: Oh, right, yeah.
2: right, right, right.
4: Uh, but little yeah, by little.
2: Everybody, that's the way everyone feels at first. Yeah. Oh, Ray, you're so wear funny. Just wear you down. Mm-hmm. Just, re- just wear you down. Um. So, okay, so it happens every time. I think about the love that I thought would save me. So um, he's asking the operator to, to make the call. And then he says again, but isn't that the way they say it goes? Let's forget all that. Give me the number if you can find it so I can call it to tell him I'm fine. And show, I've overcome the blow. I've learned to take it well. Guys, it's fine. It's, it's, it's totally good. fine. It's good. Everything's fine. I'm like, I'm taking like macrame classes. Like everything's it's everything's good. Great. I'm work. I'm working on me mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Like it's fine. I'm meditating every morning.
1: I'm juicing. Like things are going well. I'm juicing. Things are going well. I'm juicing. Things Can you well. believe it? Me, Jim.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm. I, I've lost like ten pounds. Not because I stopped eating. No, <laughs> no, because I'm taking care of myself. That's why. Definitely no one's concerned about these abs the, the aren't rapid, from, my rapid These
1: are abs aren't from deeply sobbing. Uh, sure. No, no. <laughs>
2: That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's his his workout tape. It's just like, okay, now uh bend over and we're gonna sob for thirty straight <laughs> minutes. And really it really works your core. Just like completely like losing it on the floor of the bathroom
4: um check out my second tape uh crafting so that you can uh forget about her
1: <laughs> i do want to say one thing uh i do like he says and give me the number if you can find it i wonder if gladys is insulted if i can find it that's my job man yeah i'm good at my <laughs> yeah, job yeah. I'm an i do operator. one thing
4: I, I find numbers
1: it should be and give right. me the number when you can find it that's right. how i roll i'm shift supervisor so I'm pretty good.
2: Well, I mean, to be fair, he's also, again, if she found the number with the information that he gave her, <laughs> yeah. she's incredible. She, and she <laughs> did. He
4: gave her a city. She did. A name yeah, yeah. and a personality type.
2: Right. She ga- A city, not the name of the person he's looking for, but the name of someone else. Right. By, and, yeah. 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 By the
1: way, maybe and, she is a good improviser because he gave her a right. location a character this true. and a trait <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh my gosh yeah.
0: I've played this game before the way i oh, let's forget about this call There's no one there I really wanted to talk to thank you for your time oh you've been so much more than kind you can keep it done
2: But in some ways, but in some ways, it goes back to the like the like I'm fine thing, because he says, "Operator, let's forget about this call. There's no one there I really wanted to talk to anyway." Yeah. Yeah. Like, forget it. It's fine. Um, Thank you for your time. You've been so much more than kind. Yeah. And she's like, "Yeah, I would say so." <laughs> I've been on the phone with you for like ten this minutes. This is not 20. my job description to talk to you. Uh, uh, you've been so much more than kind. You can keep the dime. Um. And then he said and he does the course again. So The You Can Keep the it.
4: Dime uh, is such a great kind of throwaway line, but there's yeah. there's such defeat in that. Yeah. Right. Where it's just like it's it's just the forget about it. You could see him being defeated by his inability to make this call.
1: Yeah.
2: Right. Well, do you think do we think he's defeated by this? Or does he or what I'm saying is does he come to the realization of like it's not worth it? Like uh, I gotta move on. I gotta let this go. I, I like
1: I think he's gonna be calling Gladys again. I that's what I was gonna
2: say. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I sorry. don't
1: think I don't think he's I don't think he's worked through it in one therapist session with an operator. <laughs> I yeah. think Well I think he's okay. trying and trying and trying and he hasn't gotten there yet. He right. hasn't gotten there yet. And I think the there's no one there I really wanted to talk to is not. It's it's not real. It's not there's no one there I really mm-hmm. wanted to talk to. It's that it's it's him trying to convince himself yeah. that what he's feeling is not real. And that what he actually right. is feeling is that there's nobody there I want to talk to anyway. I just wanted to have a conversation with an operator. Right. right. Um. So I. I do, yeah I don't think it's that he's worked it through. I think it's that he just hasn't he yet again has not been able to to get to get over this and to get through and get the courage up
4: right
2: um i you're probably right, but here's thank you here's what i would here's what I would say is is possibly the alternate uh interpretation in that again because he's when he says there's no one that I wanted to talk to he's he's saying i'm gonna call. Just to show them I'm fine. I don't want them to think that they that they broke me, mm-hmm. right? Um. So when he's like, "There's no one there I want to talk to," he's just like, well, "It doesn't matter anymore. Right. Why bother? Like, who? Yeah. What am I trying to prove? Like, just let yeah. it be." And 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 I mean, obviously, you know, every time he makes this call, it, it would be the same thing. But I think in this in this instance, the symbolism of "You can keep the dime" and he says it in a very sort of like the way he says it is mm-hmm. like, "You can keep the dime," like. As almost putting a finality on it of like, you know what? I don't, I don't need, I don't want to make this call anymore. Like right. I'm done with this. So you can keep the dime because I don't need the dime to make mm. this call symbolic.
1: That's a good point. I see. I see.
4: It's almost like when you, if a call doesn't go through, you get, you get the dime back right. and he's saying, no, this is, this is the call.
2: This is, this is the call or
4: this is the last time. I'm Yeah. See. The call went oh, through. That's good. This isn't happening.
1: Right. Oh, Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> ah, my gosh. Um, side note about the dime. How, how does that work? Yeah, does she get I tipped know. a dime? Does it just that Ma Bell gets it? <laughs> no. I, I don't understand it. I
3: mean, I don't think the
2: operator gets how? to keep the dime.
1: Who's then who? What is the dime going to? I, I'm very. Do we confused. want to briefly
2: talk about the whole operator thing? Is insane. I, I, I think it shows up on his phone bill.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the, but the phone but, bill. He's. I think he's at he, a pay phone.
4: He's at a payphone. He's at a
1: pay. Phone. He's yeah, at a pay- yeah. oh, oh, I will so say this. So he drives at a pay phone. to
4: her office,
1: right? <laughs> gives her a dime. and
4: hands her a dime. Yeah, right.
1: And she says, "You're yeah, supposed yeah. to give it to the receptionist outside, Joan. Joan, <laughs> you just keep letting these people in. I never so, should have been an yeah. operator slash therapist in one office.
4: It's like Joan's got like sixteen drawerfuls of dimes. <laughs> she's gonna she's gonna start letting people go back.
1: But there is. I mean, there's, there's a couple of ways to go with this, right? There is the way that basically he just gives up. The right. other is that he just needed somebody to talk to and talk right. this through with. Mm-hmm. And that is, like you said, that is the call that he wanted to make because when he says, thank you for your time, you've been so much oh, more than kind, that right. he knows he's not going to make this phone call, but he has to go through the steps to be able to get this off of his chest you know, every once in a while, so that he can right. stop sobbing continuously. Right. Uh, well, I like
2: that? That he says you can keep the dime because, and I don't think I fully made that connection. That he he wanted to make this phone call to make himself feel better, right? And he did that. This phone call made him feel better. Yeah. So this Maybe. this was the call he wanted, even if it wasn't the way he imagined it. Right. Oh right. yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, I like that. that. <sighs> yeah.
4: Because I think, so
2: again,
3: good.
2: yeah, what I like most about this song, I mean, I like many things about this song, but lyrically, again, I, I think it has more to do with the anger and, in a lot of ways, the humiliation of what happened, mm-hmm. right? And less about, I mean, it's definitely about the heartbreak. I don't want to, I'm not saying that, but just, just him saying, like, I want to call to show them that I'm fine is more of the, like, the anger that it happened than the, like, him begging to, you know, Banging her to take him back or anything like that. As, appo- as, as opposed to something like Martha, where he's just calling to be like, hey, let's go get some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> it's been 40 <laughs> years, but what if we rekindled this thing? Like He, he doesn't have any illusions that that's going to happen, but he just wants to call to be like, again, be like, I'm fine. Guys, don't worry about me. I'm yeah. d- old, old Jim's doing great. So, hmm. you know.
4: And also, I yeah. think, to keep up the illusion of the friendship. Like, he and Ray were good friends. Right. And he's That's like, friends. look, nothing's nothing's changed. We're we're still good, right? Right. We're this is this is great. I fully support <laughs> <It's fine>. this. <laughs> I'm totally yeah. This is fine.
1: Doesn't mean we can't go out to the game every once in a while, Ray. It's fine. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, we can. It's not, We can definitely go see a game like and sit near a railing, um, <laughs> and you know. And things happen sometimes. I like can those, bring, those you know, stadiums are dangerous. I could
1: bring us two beers and, and yours might right. be a little more foamy than <laughs> mine. And it might. Sure. Maybe it tastes a little bit almondy as if there's a poison <laughs> in it. But that's just what IPAs taste like sometimes.
4: Ray, look, yeah. there are lots of things that can look like accidents. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, Accidents happen. Uh, like you can't, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, all right, anything else on this song?
1: No, it's just... I mean, listen, folks, if you want to have yourselves a good cry, you put on a Jim Croce <laughs> album. Yeah. He's got peppy ones, too. Uh, he does, And yeah. he's got ones that you, you you know, shake your shoulders to. But if you want a good cry, oh, Lord, put on a Jim Croce.
4: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's got he's got two modes. I mean, he's a great storyteller. Sometimes they're sort of funny, fun stories, and other times they're like this or... I've got a name or something Time in like a bottle. I'm gonna, yeah. Really yeah. gonna punch you in the gut.
4: Dan, you were talking in the beginning about like just sort of the the nice acoustic intro to the song. Mm-hmm. I um you know, in preparation for this episode, I listened to this song like fifty times. Um to be clear, I've definitely heard it a billion times, but sure. I'd like to listen to it beforehand. But um, in listening to it, I just like kept repeating it, repeating it. And to hear the end of the song back to back with the beginning of the song is a really interesting experience because, um, it starts as a very s- the, the, the emotion of the song mm-hmm. is mimicked in the music where it's a slow kind of acoustic intro. And then by the end it does grow in intensity. And mm-hmm. it sort of follows his emotions through the song.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Let's talk expanded universe.
1: Expanded universe. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just throw this out here, and just get out of the way. Yes, Sylvia's mother, Martha, <laughs> operator. It's all the same operator all the yeah. same. On, the, on the call. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, in the, in the story song universe, this is a very common. Like most calls are like this, so yeah. she yeah. is not surprised.
4: <laughs> yeah. No, um, she's prepared. I think, and we have one sh- operator, right? And her name yeah, is yeah. Gladys, and she her loves her Gladys. job. Yeah, absolutely. What I was
2: gonna say was, I think Gladys is sympathetic to Tom Frost and to Dim Croce because she just lets them ramble, mm-hmm. right? I think in Sylvia's mother. <laughs>
4: Sylvia's mother is towards the end of the night. This is all the same day.
2: Well, I just think Sylvia's mother, I just think she knows this guy's bad news. Like, and so that's why she's all business on that one. She's like, I need I need 30 cents for the next three minutes or whatever the line is. Like, she's just like cutting this guy off. She's not letting him get away with anything.
4: Maybe Martha happens first and then Operator happens second. Where when Jim Croce is like, you could keep the dime, she's like, Oh, I could be making money off of this. And then (laughs) Sylvia's mother happens and, um, like she interrupts like six times. Like, uh, that'll be, that'll be another 10 cents, please (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. pay up, baby.
4: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, well, is it possible that they meet each other, uh, that Jim and his, uh, ex meet each other at a grocery store on Christmas Eve, a few years down the line? We don't know Ray's occupation, but maybe he's an architect.
4: Oh, oh yeah. You know? That I like that. Yeah.
1: Could be. That's good. Could be. Yeah. I mean anything yeah. where there's like a split is clearly the same. No, but I mean I like that cuz I
2: mean then Jim Jim seems like he's doing better.
1: He's like that he yeah. that,
2: that they're able to sit in the car and
4: talk. There's yeah. there's closure. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I like that cuz then there's closure.
2: Right.
4: Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I think uh she hated Ray until one day, she um, bumped into him on the street on the cheating side of town. Oh, yeah. And she was like, well, we're here.
1: Yeah, there's only right. one thing to do here. <laughs> it's not called the frozen yogurt side of town. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: That's over there.
1: <laughs> oh, the frozen yogurt district. <laughs>
0: Oh, could you imagine? Um, if now there we don't was know. One, we don't
2: know the. We we were calling him Jim Croce, but we don't know the protagonist's name. No, we in don't. That song, right? So perhaps at one point did Ray say to himself, "I wish that I had Jesse's girl."
3: <gasps> hmm.
1: Ooh, yes. Could
2: that be? Yeah. Is that like maybe from, that's his from Ray's point of view? Right. Oh yeah, maybe. You yeah, know? yeah. So
1: that could be from yeah, and then he he got her. He did. <laughs> <laughs> he Successfully got her. Way to go. Yeah.
4: What if Ray uh just moved around the country and he uh he started in Boston, mm. moved to Denver and finally ended up in LA and uh called Jim Croce's girlfriend and was like, uh please come to Boston slash Denver slash LA and she's like, I will go to LA.
1: Yeah, why do go to LA? He wore sure. her down. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah.
4: it. It's like I no like Ray, it. I hate you. But I'm in LA now. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: I do like sun. Yeah. So sure. Yeah. I'll come out there. <laughs> yeah.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all right. Anything else on that? No. Um, all right. Then I think we can close the book on that uh, on operator. And uh, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song. the story behind the story. Do your hobbies include comic books, movies, television, and or video games? Are you always behind with the latest news in the world of nerd? Well, look no further than The Oblivion Bar, a nerd culture podcast.
3: Oh,
4: right, Scott! Hosted by Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles, The Oblivion Bar offers a weekly review of all the latest breaking news, in-depth discussions far beyond
2: whether Han shot first <laughs> and newsletter section, where you, the listener, send in your questions to be answered live on the show. New episodes every Monday, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts.
4: I'm just so,
0: so freaking excited.
2: You can also find us on Twitter at Oblivion Bar Pod. Come join us at the Oblivion Bar Podcast. Hope to see you there. All right, hey guys, welcome back. It's time for story behind the story. How did this story come to be? But before we do that,
3: mm-hmm.
2: we have another five star review from Apple Podcasts Yay. to read. And this one is from i am I'm gonna guess Med J. Sloan. Uh it was it's dated December twenty ninth, uh, twenty twenty one. So mm-hmm. In that between Christmas and New Year's yeah. uh, period, uh, Med uh,
4: left us a review. Med J. This Sloan, is very I'm, nice. I'm assuming that's A very just, merry review.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I was going to say Med J. Sloan. I'm assuming that that's just the um, entity that is the hospital, the Sloan Kettering <laughs> Hospital? Yes. Medical? Yeah, yeah, It's a medical joint. Sloan. Sloan Absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the ghost of the person who started that is, re- <laughs> is writing reviews. I have a podcast, but uh, whoever it is uh, said the headline is this power trio rocks Uh, and it's five stars and they say great chemistry between Dan, Rachel and Michael and a fun deep dive into some of my favorite songs.
3: Oh, There you go. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Med. Uh, And if you would like your review right on the show. It's very easy to do. Just go on Apple Podcasts or uh, Good Pods or anywhere else you can leave uh, reviews. Mm-hmm. Leave us a five star review. Pod Chaser, uh, that's a good place. Pod Chaser, and we'll uh, we'll read it on the show. Uh, so thank you again to Med. Okay, mm. let's get into the story behind the story. Rachel, yes, walk us through how did this song come to be.
1: Operator by Jim Croce was released August 23rd, 1972. It was off of his debut album, You Don't Mess Around With Jim. And it reached, it did okay on the Billboard charts. It hit number 17 on the Hot 100 and number 11 on the Easy Listening, which it is. Mm-hmm. Easy listening. It's
4: very easy to listen Yeah,
1: to. but it also hit number 14. I mean, it's easy
4: to listen to between the tiers.
1: Right. right. It's not easy to hear
4: yeah it's easy to listen it's not, to it's, it's, but not it's not easy to easy hear to think you're about. Sobbing. but yeah
1: yeah um, but then it also hit number 14 on Cashbox top 100 and number 11 on the Canadian charts Um, so this it's, go ahead
2: ha- hard to believe that I was going to say just back in the 70s hard to believe there was an easy listening chart because
1: <laughs> everything was um, easy listening
2: that's what I was going to say nowadays anything from the <laughs> 70s
4: is easy listening yeah. so it's just weird it's like Led They're Zeppelin like, is easy way, listening just... on easy listening charts <laughs> pretty much yeah.
2: yeah
4: well that week um, bread had topped the um, heavy metal charts so
1: yes yeah. yeah sure sure it was a weird time
4: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um so uh the stor- here's the story behind this song we i feel like we spoke about it a little bit in the first part but so jim Croce in the ni- in the mid 60s he uh wasn't really into being uh what wasn't into authority And there was a war going on. I don't know if you guys know this. So Mm -hmm. he to sort of in hopes that he would not be sent over anywhere or I guess drafted, he decided to join the National Guard. And the story goes that he was stationed in Fort Dix, New Jersey, and he would see on, uh, I guess, every Friday or something, there would be a line waiting outside to use the outdoor phone on the base. And apparently some of the soldiers who were waiting online were calling their wives or their girlfriends to sort of see if the "Dear John" letter that they just got was true. So, oh, I know that's sad. It's, it's not Jim's story, but it's some it's somebody's story. So, I mean, this is this 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 speaks a lot to how Jim Croce wrote his songs, which is he was very much an observer of the human character. And mm-hmm. so that's where he got a lot of his, a lot of his songs. That's why so many of them tell stories. I think, you know, he sort of deals yeah. with, he's, he's dealing with the, uh, the society and the world around him in such a way that everything he sees is a story. The cash box in describing the song said the lyrics uh, saying about the lyrics said in James Taylor fashion, Jim Croce tries to track down his long lost lover with the help of the operator so they already at that point were, since it it was even his debut album, s- sort of putting him in the same realm as James Taylor, uh, in in that same world in that story song, uh, songwriter world.
2: I don't want to argue with Cashbox, uh-huh. but uh, if he's trying to track down his old lover, he's doing a terrible, terrible job of it. He's, well, yeah, uh, no, it seems like he's actively avoiding. <laughs>
1: He's doing, he's, t- <laughs> too. he's doing I'm terrible. I'm saying. Yeah, he's doing terrible. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, he. They're, they're, he's trying his, he's trying his darndest. They don't say he succeeds. Right. Um, That's
3: true.
2: That's true.
1: <laughs> another interesting thing about. I mean, I guess
2: if, I mean, I guess, well, I was going to say, I guess if you put me on the field as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. I was attempting to play quarterback. <laughs> I would not do a very good job. <laughs> At it right, but I sure I I sure would give it the old college try.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. I mean, listen,
2: as I as I threw the ball seven yards, <laughs> as it, it it directly into the
1: ground, screeching and squealing. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, Ooh. oh absolutely. Oh, no. oh don't hit me. Oh no,
2: please. <laughs> You're gonna have it.
4: You're gonna have the ball.
2: Just don't hurt me. Uh,
4: Dan, seven it's... yards. That's twenty one feet. That's that's pretty far.
2: Uh, well, I don't want to my... brag,
4: but. Uh, I did win uh, the uh, flag football championship well, in eighth grade. So. Well done. nice.
1: Well done. Mm. Well done.
4: Mm. Right, thank you. I mean, you mention it like six times a week, but that's All fine.
1: the time. We get it.
4: I mean, it's weird how organically it comes up. <laughs> uh.
1: <laughs> so in 2000, the Martin Guitar Company produced 73 guitars in honor of Jim Croce. And in the guitars, so 73 for a specific reason, but in these okay. guitars, each one had a 1973 dime inserted into the third fretboard mm. in honor of the song and the line.
4: You can keep, the, keep the, dime. the dime. Keep the dime. It. That's nice. cool. It.
1: See? Isn't that cool? I love it.
4: That's very cool. In uh, uh, in honor of Robert Preston, um, uh, Martin Guitar Company made uh, 76 trombones.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Um mm-hmm. And put a dime in each one of those ruined the trombone. Yeah, it um, just rattles but they were around, around inside so. it. It's
1: terrible. Yeah. They didn't know what they were doing at the beginning yeah, with.
4: Yeah, they're <laughs> like I
2: guess this is how you make a trombone.
1: <laughs> yeah. There
2: also there was a big there was a big internal fight uh at the company as well. Uh and every week a memo would be released. <laughs> uh in which well, in which they just said, guys, I understand we like to play, but We need more than 76 trombones. We have got to make more. I don't know how many times I could say this. This We sold out immediately. Uh, And there is a long waiting list. There's a big, I mean, well, we're a national company, guys. So we need more than 76 trombones. We need more than that. But.
1: Uh. (laughs) So that's basically it about the song. It's pretty straightforward about where it came from and, uh, you know. But it is one of his more famous songs, without a doubt. Uh, yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Jim Croce. Now, we did a, a Jim Croce song uh, or two before. We we didn't talk much about Jim in that, in the song previously, in the episode previously. So we'll give a little mm-hmm. more backstory about Jim Croce. So James Joseph Croce was born January 10th, 1943, uh, in the sur- suburbs of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And when he grew up, he attended Villanova University. And while performing uh while attending Villanova, he started to perform with the various singing groups around campus. And he also performed off campus as well with a band and with the with one of the with one of the groups. Uh, so that's where he started to get his get his legs in being in bands and so on and so forth.
4: Was he in a a cappella mm-hmm. group?
1: Uh I'm going to say yes. Well the 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 groups were the Villanova Singers and the Villanova Spires. If the Villanova Spires isn't an a cappella group, I don't know what is. <laughs> you know? So that it has all the... First of all, never has an a cappella group had more than like, I don't know, two words in it. You know? Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Spires really sounds like it's the a cappella group.
2: I mean, I think being in an a cappella group in 1963 is different than being in an a cappella group, say... Now, or you know,
1: like in the, in 90s. the 90s, or so yeah. I'm
2: just saying, I mean, they they were on the charts, like you know,
4: well, you, yeah, you could, that's you could be true. in like a doo wop group, right? But right. Uh, a little known fact about Jim Croce is he loved khakis and white sneakers, so sure, that's why well. he did it, yeah, that's
1: why he did it, he did it for the khakis and sneakers, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he started to get throwing uh, a cardigan
4: and you got yourself an acapella group, <laughs> that's saying.
1: So, um so, like I said, he started to play around different groups, and he—I was performing at one of these. Uh, he had been performing around, and he wound up being asked to be a, a judge at one of these things uh, called a hoot nanny, which is where he met his wife Ingrid. He met his hmm. wife Ingrid at a hoot nanny, guys. A hoot nanny.
2: <laughs> is there a specific definition of what a hoot nanny is? Uh, I apparently I always thought it was uh, like, you know.
1: Apparently a hoot nanny is a uh I mean, in this in this version, a hoot nanny mm-hmm. is a contest where a bunch of bands perform. So it's no. it's a hoot nanny. Uh but I just love that that's where he met his wife. I mean, where'd you meet your wife? Oh, I met her at a hoot nanny. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Are yeah. you a fictional character in a 1940s play?
2: I was gonna say I I thought a hootenanny was required to take place in a barn. Yeah, I that's why know. I'm asking. I don't I, know. And people needed to be stomping and clapping their hands maybe, while someone played a fiddle. that's more of a, a, a jamboree. Who knows?
1: That's yeah. No, that is right, right. enough. I mean, I don't know. Fair is a jamboree? Jamboree feels outside to me. Hootenanny that's feels true. inside. Jamboree feels outside. Okay. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Exactly. Okay. Let's. We're. we're this is. We're going to add our our next uh, section called hoot nanny jamboree. <laughs> which one?
4: Which one has a bunch of people bidding on um, picnic baskets? Mm.
1: That's a jamboree, I think. Right. Okay. I think that's the jamboree. Well, it's, it's
4: got the word jam in it, so
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, that's
2: true. That's
1: where sense. it comes
4: from. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, anyway, Ingrid was a singer in the winning band, so she won the hoot nanny. They won the hoot nanny. It, it seems like they were smitten from the get-go. And they were sort of inseparable. So he released his first album uh, called Facets in 1966. But it was a very small pressing. And it was financed. It was also the year that he, he got married to Ingrid. So they were together for three years. It was financed through a wedding gift from his parents. And the, the stipulation was they would give him money as a wedding gift only if he used it to make an album which sounds mm. extremely supportive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The reason that they, you got to remember this is like East Coast people. The reason that they gave him the money to make the album was they were hoping that he would get it out of his system, it would fail, and he would just get a stable job. Okay. Oh, okay. Problem is it didn't. It did very well, and every copy sold. Mm. So from that, uh you know, Ingrid- What if they
4: gave him the money and they were like, This is for an album? he's like, I'm booking a studio and they're like, A wedding album. <laughs> right. Like this we is to pay the photographer. Specific.
1: We should have been more specific. <laughs> um so uh, so he did that as a solo, um, though many of the songs were written by he and Ingrid. Uh after this, uh he Well she and won In- the Hoot
4: Nanny. Did she you won know? The that?
1: Well, yeah. after, well, here's the thing. After this, he and Ingrid started performing as a duo ingrid and jim croce Mm. uh originally they performed covers of other of other songwriters but they began writing their own music they had already with facets and they started to uh get gigs around pennsylvania and they got a gig at the famous riddle paddock steakhouse in lima pennsylvania uh that's not i don't think it's famous but that was just one of the things i found (laughs) was that was one of the places they performed so as they started to get more and more. I guess you know recognition around Pennsylvania. They were encouraged to move in '68 to New York City because if they can make it there, they can make it anywhere. And there, that's right. And there, they recorded their first album (laughs) called uh, "Jim and Ingrid Croce." Uh, on the album cover. So, picture, close your eyes. Picture in your head Mm -hmm. what Jim Croce looks like. Yes. Okay. Okay. He didn't look like that for forever. It wasn't, he wouldn't right. always look like that. So on the album cover, I've never seen this album cover before, un, before doing the research for this. On the album cover, he is clean cut, and I, my mind couldn't wrap its head around it. I was like, I don't know who this is. Who are we, you?
2: We should, we should stop for a moment okay, and just explain to the audience that if you don't know what Jim Croce looks like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, gotta be. Right, top three mustaches. Top
1: three mustaches. Like, it's <laughs> oh, up there. Oh, man. Oh, I man. I mean, it's up there.
2: Like, Mark He's Mark there. Twain.
1: It's like Tom Mark Selleck. Twain,
2: Jim Crouchy, Tom <laughs> Selleck. Mean?
1: It is such a solid mustache. It's incredible. Solid. It's
2: so, I don't know how to explain this. It's so wide. It's so big. It's and so yet it fits perfectly. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's so
1: great. So to see him without it is just bizarre. And uh, you know a lot of this the photos you see of him are are later on in his life like in the in the in like 73 Yeah. Uh he's also got bigger hair. He's got 70s hair. But in 68 mm-hmm. he's got clean cut short hair. So it's short hair, no, no mustache, croachy. I'm like who wow. is this child? <laughs> You're not the croachy, I know. Yeah. Um <laughs> so
2: there was there was just a mustache yearning to break out. Yeah, you know it was like, <laughs> yeah, come on, yeah. let me free. Yep,
1: that's right, that's right. He
4: said, "How um, how can I avoid eating cotton candy for forever?" <laughs> 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 I'm gonna grow the world's <laughs> finest mustache.
1: So anyway, the uh the music uh their duo music is very folksy. It's very quaint music. It's it's really delightful definitely an album you could have on in the background it's great um but it i mean they didn't really go too too far with it and uh they sort of lost interest in New York in the New York lifestyle and the music business and they returned to rural Pennsylvania uh yeah rural Pennsylvania sort of the outskirts of Philadelphia and from there Jim Croce kind of settled into a more quote unquote normal life he had a lot of odd jobs uh he was still playing and making music, but he took odd jobs driving trucks. It uh, never said if he worked in a car wash, but I can not imagine that he did not work in a car wash because he has a song called working at the car wash blues, <laughs> but these odd jobs really helped, uh, helped his music. It's if you listen to his music, that is where a lot of it comes from working at the car wash bl- blues. Um, Speedball Trucker is another one. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of his music comes from these kind of blue collar, uh, different jobs that he had. Uh, he also there's
2: unquestionably an authenticity to
1: Oh, a hundred percent. The
2: characters and the situations yeah. in in, uh, the, in,
1: the, in the yeah, these yeah. are not made up characters. All the people that he is and all the the situations that he's speaking of. You can tell are are are, are real. They they feel very 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 real, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is which is great, and I think is what what is endearing about him and what makes his music stand the test of time. So uh, he was, you know, but he was just getting by at this point. He was doing, you know, random jobs. He was, uh, I'm guessing, had to, something to do with pool cues something to do i think he was an <laughs> operator for a short period of time no <laughs> but uh made matchbooks that's right but in 1970 uh he and ingrid found out they were gonna have a baby oh which made him decide to become a lawyer no it didn't it made him more determined <laughs> than ever to join the make it as a musician. Which is interesting to me because you would think, oh, I'm having a baby, I'm doing this job, but also I write music on the side. I'll give up the music so that I can have more stability, Mm. but not him. He was like, no, I have to make it as a musician. That determination paid off because it led him to write some of his most famous songs in about 10 days. In that time, he wrote Time in a Bottle, Don't Mess Around with Jim, New York's Not My Home, Photographs and Memories, and operator. Wow. I mean, that's incredible. That's yeah, in that's, 10 days time. That's incredible. I mean, I mean, it, he really, I mean, he, I mean, he's just an incredible songwriter, Uh, you know, but so I think he can sort of knock these puppies out, but just, <laughs> to, just to be able to have that. Uh, somebody said something, I, I read something where he, he had a photographic memory. So it was easy for him to sort of, uh, to to remember all of these sort of nuances and and what he wanted to write about and all these things, um, obviously. Well, he had
4: photographs and memories.
1: He had that's true. That's See, true. I want to See say one I
4: thing. I I I get it.
2: If if you if you don't want to if you don't want to be here, it's fine. But to write a song called "New York's Not My Home," listen, Philly boy,
3: <laughs> step <laughs> off.
2: <laughs> okay, well, he- if you don't want to be here. <laughs> That's fine. You could go back to Philly, okay?
4: They but... play that song at every Mets Phillies game.
1: <laughs> do, you, uh, do you know what's really funny about that is I yeah. listened to that song on repeat when I was completely homesick for New York when I first mm. went away to college. And I would just every time it came up, I'd be like, New York is my home. New York is my home. It's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. But the the feeling behind it very much is about, you know somebody feeling homesick right uh
2: well i i i will say this in all seriousness i mean as a lifelong new yorker i will admit there are a million songs about how great new york is so i am glad at least there's one on the other side <laughs> <laughs> like and hey, new york's not that great
1: i mean <laughs> it's not like <laughs> it's not like the song is like there's rats and garbage and people on well, the streets <laughs> i'm just saying but <laughs> That's my song. Um Right. But and then I say, and it's the best place in the world.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, so these songs, uh and more led to uh a debut his debut album with his collaborator and uh guitarist, uh, Maury MuliSon. I think that's how you say Maury's name. I I, I just don't know. Uh originally the idea, so he was connected to Maury with Maury through a producer, and the original idea was to have him be backing Maury. And as it went, I guess they just sort of switched places and Maury sort mm-hmm. of became the backing for uh for Jim Croce. That being said, their their musicality together and their their instruments together really work well and build on and really make a wonderful uh you know Duo with each other. It's Mm -hmm. I can't imagine this music being as good as it is without, uh, maury Mullison. Uh, so in 1972, he signed with ABC Records, and he released two albums, sort of very closely together. You don't mess around with Jim, which was his his debut, and Life and Times. The singles from both of these albums received. Airplay and built on his success and from there he started to perform on TV with appearances on American Bandstand, The Tonight Show and the Dick Cavett Show because it's the early 70s. <laughs> you haven't made it <laughs> if you're not on the Dick Cavett Show in the 70s. It's true. Yeah. Um
2: that's that's when John Lennon knew he'd finally made it. Yep. Yeah, when he was on. That's like, right. That week of Dick Cavett.
1: John Lennon was like sorry, Yoko we're gonna sit on that side one day
4: if you're not sitting there uh across from Gloria Swanson for an hour Mm -hmm. uh have you really made it
1: that's right that's right by the way Dick Cavett he's great his delivery is very weird yeah it's so weird yeah he always sounds great He's always sounds like he's sort of suspicious of what the people are saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it's fascinating. And I, he's great. He's one of the best. Uh, anyway, in sense,
2: You're in the... So you're in the Beatles? You say? <laughs> mm.
1: You're... All uh, right. Yeah.
2: And you, and you don't mess around with Jim? Mm. Your name is... <laughs> we'll talk about it. This is, we'll be right this back. This
1: is Janice Joplin? <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> So in the early 70s, he decided to move his family to San Diego. And at the same time, he and Mulison began touring a lot to promote these albums. And it's interesting because his success was growing at that time, right? Mm-hmm. But the Croches were still financially unstable because in order to make his first album with ABC, they had gotten an advance. And through yeah. the touring and through all the promotion and so on, he was still paying back the record label, so no. even though he was successful, they, there was never a time where he was sort of financially su- successful.
2: Guys, the music industry is evil. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, just—it's crazy. It's insane.
1: No. Yeah, I mean, and to say like, yeah, you're getting an advance. It's like, you, just isn't that like how we make the music? Like, what? I but mean, why
2: does, why do you have to pay back in advance? Advance.
1: I don't that's know. That's
2: the part I don't, I don't understand. Why know. is it like credit and then like I, all the money you're making I know from the album just goes towards that. You know what there, I mean? Like why would you ever need I don't understand how this
1: works. There's something about it that just seemed a little bit off. Uh that, you know, I mean it's like it's tough, but it, he had made I think it sounds Here's the like thing.
4: You make a record and then you get mm. two friends to make a record and each of them get two friends to make a record.
1: That's right. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a record triangle. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let's call it a pyramid.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this. Yeah, I was gonna say this is this is uh, Michael's uh, business. I have a uh, I have a uh, uh, ten thousand pounds of vinyl in my basement that I can't move, yeah. but uh, <laughs> you know it's fine.
1: Um. So, so he was touring a lot. He was away from home a lot, and he had a small child, and. You know, for all accounts, like it seemed like he was a family man. Like he, he, he didn't seem like a crazy touring musician type, right? Like he was an everyman. So, while on tour uh, in Europe in the summer of 1973, he began to tire of the touring life and kind of tire of the uh, music industry, and he was homesick. He was uh didn't like being away from his family, and he had decided to take a break. That was it. At the end of the Life and Times tour, he was going to take a break from the music industry. And actually, he had apparently said that he was going to quit music. And this is something that you said earlier, Dan. He wanted to quit music so he could focus on writing stories and screenplays. Mm. So all that when you said, like, is he did he act? I'm surprised he didn't act or anything. He wanted to go into that industry. So I find it really interesting. But you can tell that's, I mean, that's where his heart lies, right? Is telling stories. Right. And so that's what he wanted to do. And he had kind of made the decision that he was going to, after this tour, go home to his family, quit the music business, even though he was kind of at the height of his career and his, his star was just starting to rise. Uh, but he was going to quit and focus on writing. And he got home safely. And he had a very long life. And that's it. I don't want to talk <laughs> Everything anymore.
2: worked out. Okay. No.
1: Unfortunately, uh, uh, tragically, on September 20th, 1973, he and five others, in- including Maury Mullison, died in a plane crash after performing at Northwestern State. And he was 30 years old. So at the age of 30. Yeah. The story goes basically that the pilot was, um, I guess, had a heart condition and he had to run from the motel to the airport and something happened on takeoff and he wasn't able to lift out of and like lift out uh, up into the air. And he, they crashed into a tree and they went down. Um, It's one of the most tragic like stories in, in music. Um I think just because of the timing and every of everything too just the fact that he was going to quit just as soon as I get off this tour as soon as I'm done with this tour that's it yeah. I'm done it's it's tragic tragic yeah so um this was also a day before his, his uh <clears throat> single I got a name was going to be released and great song. I got it it's a great song it's also his uh, the name of his final album, I Got a Name. It reached number two in the charts. And ABC, talk about being the music Speaking industry.
4: I Got a Name, though. Have you ever yeah. heard um, Lena Horn did a cover of it? Uh huh. And it's amazing.
1: Really? She actually oh, did it on sure. The Muppet Show. That sounds amazing.
4: Yeah. All right. Well, I want that version. It's phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Uh, that sounds incredible. I mean, so wasn't
2: a dry, wasn't a dry felt eye in the house. <laughs> no,
1: there was not. <laughs> Everybody had to go into the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in. Uh, also, I got a name. The, if you want to feel like you are taking a cross country trip through America, mm. put that song on in your car. And drive somewhere where there's trees, because that is its natural habitat. Like, there's something about yeah. that song that makes you want to be driving in a car in nature. I don't know what yeah. it is. I don't know what it is. Anyway, so talking a little bit about the evil, the, the kind of the evils of the music industry. So "Time in a Bottle," which is very much his most famous, al- uh, most famous song, it was not released as a single originally. After his, after his death, ABC decided to release it as a single, sort of playing off of the fact that he wrote this song about how precious life is, and he died at the age of 30. Mm-hmm. It hit number one in 1974 for two weeks, and it led to the album You Don't Mess Around With Jim, his debut album, becoming number one for five weeks in, uh, in 74. Uh, he posthumously received the award for favorite male vocalist for pop rock at the 1974 American Music Awards. And in 1990, he was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame, rightfully so. And in their biography of him, they say, his songs celebrate the life of the common man. Songs that are as relevant today as the day he wrote them. And I could not agree more. That is true. Um, And that's no, that's it. Ingrid opened a restaurant called crochies at one point and went and then opened it again somewhere else or something. But, uh, that's just a little side note, (laughs) Um, but uh, but, you know, I mean, he's just a, I mean, he's a wonderful songwriter that could have done a lot more and it's just a, a shame that he was taken so soon.
2: Yeah. It's definitely one of those, a big what if, because I think he probably, yeah, like I said, he w- he probably w- he he had a lot of potential, and obviously it was just getting started. Yeah, at that point, and mm-hmm. Lord knows what what it may have led to, um, in the in the future. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It Stinks. Yeah, it stinks.
1: Yeah. Really, even in that short amount of time, one of the best songwriters of our of our time.
2: Yeah, well, I think you know, and obviously you said, I mean, this you know they re released the singles, um uh after his death but i i you know even if he had lived i would not have been i would not be surprised if it was a thing where those songs were sort of rediscovered and reappreciated oh yeah later anyway i just felt like maybe they were you know that he just needed to kind of get going um i mean we even talked like with the we did Tom Petty right. last episode and an american girl was not a hit until you know later It's sort of after he was already Famous people went back and sort of rediscovered that song, so I wouldn't be surprised if that had happened anyway. Because I mean, yeah, it's hard to like it's it's hard to think that like "Time in a Bottle"
4: would have never <laughs> right
1: seen <laughs> the light of day. Been a popular song, yeah, no in,
4: in any universe yeah. whether he had lived or or not. Well, so. just yeah. if somebody but, like upon hearing that album was like like an executive hearing that was like, this is more an album track.
1: It's so weird,
4: right? Yeah,
1: that's very weird. Wow. Um, his uh, and his music has been used a lot. I mean. These songs, "Time in a Bottle," is used a bunch for you know to to get a dry, you know to get not a dry eye in the house. I feel like I sure. got a name is played a lot in commercials and movies and that kind of stuff. Again, because it well, has that s- Americana feel.
2: Yeah, I didn't want to derail you at a serious moment, but uh, that I, I just in uh, the movie uh, Django Unchained, mm. uh, they're they're traveling across the country in a montage. And uh, when that starts in the movie theater, that, that part starts, and then and then I got a name starts playing, and I was just like, "Yep, nailed this it! This is
1: nailed <laughs> it! Perfect song,
2: perfect <laughs> song for this." Oh, I, ho- I hope there's a uh, uh, long, wide shots of mountains. Yep, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> We've nailed it. Yep, it's exactly what it should That's be.
3: Right.
2: So, uh all right. Well, Rachel, thank you so much sure. for that, and thank you for bumming me out. Yeah. Um, My pleasure. We will take. We will take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned.
1: Check out the songs of the Story Song Podcast. Find the Story Song Podcast, the official playlist, and the Story Song Podcast, the official classic playlist, on Spotify to stream all the great songs we review on the show.
2: All right, we're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson do we learn from this song? Uh, Michael, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn
4: from Operator? I learned that this week, maybe next week, but probably this week, I'm finally going to sit down. I'm going to watch Picket Fences, and I'm (laughs) going to organize that phone book and that Rolodex.
1: Uh, You got it. At least by next week. At least by next week. Can I ask a question? Two, What's two the weeks, real
2: resolution? What's the real resolution here? You getting your uh, phone book in order or you're finally watching Picket Fences?
4: <laughs> <laughs> finally catching up on Picket Fences. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. So I check, you're gonna you know, am like on three your, episodes behind. You're
1: gonna watch it you're on like, your, don't your little spoil uh, it. you're gonna watch it on your little like black and white TV <laughs> in the uh, uh, under the counter in your kitchen.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be organizing my phone. Book of
1: course, that's sure. And do. that Rolodex. Sure,
4: sure. I got to type up those Rolodex cards.
2: <laughs> Guys, no, no, no spoilers. Don't tell me if they finish that fence.
1: <laughs> I
2: assume. I assume that's what the show's about. They're building a picket fence.
4: Well, several of them. They're, it's all about
2: picket fences. Nine, nine seasons on yep. NBC. Uh,
1: I'm only on. I'm only on post three. I'm only on Fence Post Three. So I got a lot of catching up to do.
2: Yeah, um, what I learned, and this is something that I I actually had learned before, which is, um, you know, it actually is really good if you're having like a problem that you need to deal with, like call the operator, like they are there for you to 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 help you to you know talk through your feelings. If you if you're having an issue like this, feel free, even nowadays, call the operator. Like I've been, you know, I've been stressed. Like there's a lot going on in the world. There's we all know, you know, we've all been having troubles and I and I call the operator and she says something really profound, which is uh, you know, uh the number you have dialed uh cannot be reached. And I felt like that really
1: <laughs> You felt you it. You know, I like You felt it.
2: Like it was like, you know, it was like metaphorical, but if you like really think about sure. it, you're like, Oh, it like, can't be reached, can it? Right. That's the thing. And it's like, am I calling the right number in my life? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, do I need to find a number that can be reached, so it At really, the sound it of really the, tone, does... the correct
4: time will be, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it
2: really, it really does help. Uh, I do have to say that. Yeah. You know, they it, it really, it really can put you on the right track. So call the operator. Call them up, and uh, maybe they can help you. Rachel, what did you learn?
1: Uh, I learned that if you're in a relationship and your significant other starts saying how much they hate your best friend, maybe don't leave them alone together.
3: <laughs> Maybe
1: keep an eye on it, you know, uh' yeah. cause, uh, first of all, everybody's best friend is named Ray, and Ray, as we all know, grows on you <laughs>
3: sure. you don't want it
1: to happen, but you cannot you 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 can't resist it right, and exactly. so so keep an eye, just keep an eye on it, you know,
2: if your girlfriend likes your friend, keep him away because that's trouble. <laughs> If your girlfriend hates your friend, keep him away, because that's trouble. <laughs> the only time the only time uh, that you can keep your friend around is if your girlfriend's just kind of pretty blase about it. Yeah,
3: I can you take want it to be him. tepid yeah. water. If, if that's Teppid where she water. is with it, yeah,
2: yeah that, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, if we go to a movie and so I don't have to talk to him that much, it's fine. Right. But otherwise, <laughs> I don't really want him
4: around. That's right. <laughs> and just, uh, just know what Ray is like. You know, he's a good guy.
1: Good guy.
4: Right. But Good guy. You know, Ray's only thinking of one person. That's Ray.
1: That's right. We all know it.
4: So he's fun. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: half on you. It's half on you when it happens. Because you know, you know, Ray is Ray.
4: You know. Ray's never
1: not going to be Ray.
4: Like, is he fun? Yeah. Is he going to stab you in the back? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he is. Yeah. And you don't know. And that's the problem with Ray. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's why he's your ex friend.
1: Ex. My (laughs) ex friend. (laughs)
4: Uh, hey guys
1: Hey,
2: this has been the story song podcast thank you so much for listening Uh, if you could follow us on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook that would be awesome and if you could leave us a 5 star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pods, wherever you can leave reviews for podcasts uh, we would certainly appreciate it leave us a 5 star review any of those places and we will read it on the show We'll be back next episode with another great story song, so come on back. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Cazell. We'll talk to you then. Thanks for listening, and
4: goodbye. Bye. Bye.
2: Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason
4: Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast.
1: And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song
3: all right
2: hey guys welcome back nope hold on okay the exact moment i started talking something came in my throat and i have and i was choked hey
1: guys
4: (laughs) Um, welcome back
5: it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football